Uh, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Hear the word of God. For since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, it can never, by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered, since the worshippers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? But in these sacrifices, there is a remainder of sins every year, for it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body have you prepared for me. Burnt offerings and sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. That's quoting Psalm 40. When he said, Above, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings. These are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that will, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemy should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us, for after saying, this is the covenant that I will make with them, after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. And he adds, I will remember their sins and their lawless deeds no more. Where there is forgiveness of these, there is no longer any offering for sin. Amen. It is a struggle to believe. It's a struggle to believe, to believe the gospel. Uh, to believe the claims that it makes to, to live out uh, what Christ uh, calls us to. Um, it's a struggle. We feel like, we feel most of the time like we have to be good enough. Uh, good enough for God to like us. Good enough for other people to like us. Maybe just good enough to get through the day or, uh, or good enough to feel okay with ourselves. But then as much as we're struggling with that, it's, it's what's enough. Like we're trying to be good enough, but what's, what's enough? When, when can we say, okay, we've reached that mark, we've made it, we feel, I feel fine about myself today. Everything, everything went mostly how I wanted it to. Other people seem to think I'm, I'm great, I'm sure God's happy with me. When's enough? What's, what's good enough? Is it enough to have tried? We have to have tried harder. Um, is it enough to have tried really, really hard, maybe even the best that we could, or, or do we have to have succeeded and achieved? Uh, is good enough mean... Better than other people? So how many other people, right? And, and how much better? Just the people that are around me? Does it include like all the people in the world? Or, you know, how, how do these uh, scales uh, weigh out? Does good enough mean maybe just better than you used to be? 
There's been enough enough change in your life. If you've if you've tried to get a new direction going on things, is is, is that enough? Um, does that satisfy? And it seems as much as we ask that question, as much as we pursue trying to be uh, good enough, most of my days uh, consist of that. We're never sure that what we do is enough. Never never get to the end of the day and like, man, today everything went right. Today I'm satisfied. Today I feel confident with all that I've, I've done. Sometimes maybe we do. Sometimes maybe we feel like, yes, today was a good day, at least in comparison. Maybe other times we definitely feel like, uh, no. It's that nagging question. It's that nagging question that keeps uh, coming up. Is it good enough? What's uh, good enough? When you look at this passage or you look at Scripture as a whole, uh, you can answer that question, what's good enough? Uh, simply put, is perfection. <laughs> oh, great. Uh, perfection is good enough. Perfection is what, uh, what God requires. That's the standard that Jesus mentions. You can go back to uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, Matthew 5, uh, very end of it, verse 48. Uh, Jesus says, you therefore must be perfect, must be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Right, so not only is it the standard of perfection, but the standard of perfection that's actually comparable uh, to who God is, to how he, um, to how he uh, lives or what he, he does. And you, kinda, then you look at something like that and you're like, well, but that, surely that's taking it out of context, right? If we go back to the context, something there will kind of help us out of that because we can't just be required perfection. But context, I don't, at least for me, it doesn't help me out a whole lot. The context is uh, uh, it's not just that you should love your neighbors but, and hate your enemies, but you should even love your enemies. Hmm. Even if it's just perfection in that level, uh, man, that's, that's not the standard that, uh, that we meet. So are we just stuck? Uh, are we just stuck not being good enough? Uh, trying, maybe sometimes trying well enough, but other times uh, not and just continuing to, to struggle. It is a struggle, but that struggle is to drive us to Christ. Um, all through Hebrews, as it, as it speaks into this struggle, it speaks of how it's pointing us to Christ, leading us to Him and who He is for us. That there in Christ, in the Gospel, uh, we have confidence, even confidence for uh, perfection. Not something that we can pride ourselves in with some type of arrogance, but perfection that Christ uh, clothes us in. So we look at this passage, uh, it shows the impotence of the law and the power of Christ. Uh, the impotence of the law and the power of Christ's sacrifice, his death, uh, his priestly offering for us. So we, as we have it here, so we're looking at uh, the standard of perfection. Uh, so we, we'll talk first about our uh, inability for perfection, and secondly, Christ's uh, ability. So first of all, our inability uh, for perfection, and our first point. I mean, really, perfection, can, we feel like, can that be the standard, Right? Um, I don't know how you feel when you, when you hear that standard, when you hear Christ saying, you therefore must be perfect as your heavenly Father uh, is perfect. Um, if you're particularly arrogant and high on yourself, you know, maybe you're sitting there and you hear that and you're kind of looking around the room going, I'm kind of worried for some of these people, right? Like, I'm feeling good, but I know some of these people in this room uh, haven't really lived up to that. Um, maybe if you're the optimist, uh, you hear that and you're going, Okay, but I'm, I'm on my way. I see things changing. There's more that I can do. There's other people that can help me. I have the word. Like, this, this is going to propel me, propel me forward. I just need to work harder. If you're the, if you're the pessimist, I think maybe sometimes, at least on this, I, I tend there. It feels like you just want to give up. 
um, right? To hit perfection, you're like, if that's what I have to aim for, like, what's, what's the point, right? Um, I'm taking my little bowling class, and I'm, I'm trying to, you know, hit further. But if they told me, all right, you have to get a 300 game or else you're out, like, I'd say, okay, I'm just going to walk out now. <laughs> There's not a chance. I'm trying to break $200 a semester, and I'm not going to get there. Um, 300 is like it's out of the question. Um, <clears throat> We're not, uh, we're, we don't feel like that's something that we can, we can make. We want to just uh, give up on it. But maybe more often when we feel, hear that standard, um, feel mistreated. The, we're, we're, the standard is perfection. That's what's enough. It's not fair. That's not, that's not a reasonable expectation uh, for me or for us. Um, I mean, what if, you were, what if you were in a relationship and you were just dumped? So you're not in a relationship anymore in this scenario, right? Uh, what, what if you were just, what if you were just, oh, sorry, you had to feel the rejection for a little bit, right? <laughs> you're in a relationship that took it away. Um, what, what if you were just dumped? And the reason that you were dumped is you're saying, why, why are you doing this to me? Why are you breaking my heart? Well, you know, I've been around you for a day now, and this was a, it was a fun day, but I realized you're not perfect, and you're, you're really not going to be. So you're not the perfect person. You're, you're out, right? Um, and it's, it's going to hurt, but you're, you're never going to respond to that with, yes, I am, right? Like, how dare you drop me as not being perfect? Uh, but you're still going to be like, what a, what a jerk, or, or how dare you treat me that way? Right? Or, or if, that's, if you're looking for someone who's perfect, you're never going to find that anyway. And you just hate that person and reject them in return and then feel better about yourself and go on, right? Um, <laughs> did we, that, that, that's not what we want. Maybe, but maybe sometimes that's the way we feel uh, of God requiring perfection, right? It's unfair. How could he require, require that? But the good news of the gospel is that we're not, we're not dumped. We're not rejected by God, though we don't meet that standard. God draws us uh, to himself uh, through his son. But, but maybe the great thing for that, at least as I'm trying to uh, communicate this, is I don't really need to convince you uh, that you're not perfect, right? Uh, I don't have to work very hard to convince you that you're not perfect. You can just, you know, if you need to, a little somber reflection on the last few hours of, the, of today and uh, people that you avoided, uh, maybe even like things that you thought about saying that didn't, but then the thoughts were still there, like, <laughs> perfection again. Um, I don't really need to uh, convince you that. I don't really even, even really need to convince you that you're about to be perfect, right? That, that if, if, if you just work a little bit more, you'll, you'll hit it pretty soon. So, so when I've got the little line on there for this point, our inability for perfection, you know, I, I feel like hopefully I don't have to work too hard that, that we can kind of affirm our inability in that sense. Um, and we've already said enough that God's standard really is uh, perfection, so instead, what I'm, what I'm trying to show you as we, as we talk about that is that as much as we recognize our inability for perfection, um, we still act like we have to achieve it. We still act like we have to achieve perfection for ourselves. Every day that's what we're going about. Two, two things. How, first of all, how we uh, still act like we have to achieve perfection for ourselves, and then also how that's not what we're, uh, how we're supposed to act. Even from this passage, that's not how we're supposed to act, that we have to achieve perfection for ourselves. Uh, in some ways, my life, if you, uh, if you know me, could be described as a series of uh, failed attempts at perfection. 
All right, uh, daily, maybe hourly. Uh, just failed attempts at, at, at perfection. So I've, I definitely haven't achieved it yet. You don't have to know me long to have uh, to have realized that. Um, I desperately long for it. Um, I want to be perfect. I want to feel uh, perfect. I want other people to uh, to think I'm great, to to, to praise me, to. Uh, to come to me for incredible advice because I'm the best campus minister ever, you know, and, and all these kind of things. And that'll catch you on. It won't be all the way perfect, but pretty soon, you know, that's there. Um, no, I mean, I feel there's just a different roles of what I'm called to and the lacks of it. Um, uh, whether as, as campus minister or pastor, uh, as a husband, as a father, uh, as a friend, um, or just being a neighbor and caring about people around me, um, when Karen and I first moved uh, back to Tallahassee to do uh, to do campus ministry here, um, the first few months were were painful. We were really excited to come back to uh, to Tallahassee. We both graduated here. Love uh, love the opportunity to come back. Love the excitement of doing campus ministry. But um, there was all these different there was all these different realms of what I was what I was involved in doing, and I couldn't I couldn't do well at any of them. Um, and it hurt. You know, it's first time, uh, first time preaching as a week, trying to trying to figure out what my job entails, what I'm supposed to do, and I really didn't know. And the things that I did know I was supposed to be doing, I could tell that I wasn't doing very well. Um, it was for several months we were looking for a house, um, and uh, and just couldn't find things that would work for us or else that we could afford. Um, and Karen was pregnant, so I'm feeling like I can't provide for my family, all right? Um, I've got ordination exams that are like testing me to see do I know the things I'm supposed to know to be a pastor and the pressure of that and all of them appears the failure and that. And, and then we're going through this birthing class thing. Um, <laughs> Yeah, you look. You have that, and maybe look forward to some. And there's these books that you're supposed to read for. With everything else going on, like I wasn't reading the books for this birthing class, and like that wasn't me at this time. Like I was the good student. I, you know, I'm on top of everything. And here's like these short little books for this birthing class, and I can't, don't have the time to to read all these things. I'm not doing well. Like in every area of my life, it's uh, uh, it's lousy. Um. I want to tell you, it's pain. It's a little bit painful to remember some of that. It was a painful feeling. If I'm not even close to as perfect as I want to hope that I think that I might could be, or that I'll at least convince other people uh, that I am. You can follow that long to probably the sentence. That's the way my mind works. Um, it was uh, it was painful, uh, but still, it's not it's not that different, right? The more I I learn a little bit of, of something else and feel like uh, I'm improving or changing in some areas of life. I, I'm like, okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get it here, right? Uh, now, now I understand more about Daphne now this way. I'm gonna, I'm gonna be. Yeah, you know, I don't say to myself, I'm gonna be the perfect father, but I'm looking for that. I'm looking to feel like I'm doing good enough. Like I've got it together now, finally. Now I know how to, uh, how to be a campus minister. That understands what you're going through more, or uh, preach a good enough sermon, or whatever, uh, whatever it's gonna do. Um, I mean, do you ever ask yourself uh, why you do the things that you do? Um, it's a good question, right? You start off, you know, kind of two or three, and you ask that question all the time to everything. It's like, why? Why? Um, it's a good question to, to keep asking. But, but why do you do the, the various uh, things that you do? Why are you going to class? Why are you at FSU? Uh, why are you studying in the major that you're, that you're studying in? Um, are you dating the person that you're dating? Why are you friends with the people that you're uh, friends with? Uh, why are you coming to RUF? 
do you read your Bible? Uh, why do you pray? Why don't you pray? Um, why, um, uh, why, do you, why do you go to church? There's all kinds of things that we're, uh, that we're looking, we're trying to, I mean, sometimes there are fine reasons that we're doing it, and other times the reasons why we're doing it is, is to feel like maybe we're, we're achieving that perfection or getting close enough for ourselves. And it feels like uh, if, I, if I do blank, then, uh, then God really will accept me. If I go to RUF, um, then, then God will accept me. It's not, it's not true. Um, you should come to RUF anyway. Um, uh, if I read my Bible enough, if I'm working hard enough in my classes, then God's going to accept me. Then, then I'll be good enough uh, for him. Maybe just concerned about for other people. Um, <clears throat> Still, so often, that's, that's the reason. We're trying to achieve perfection, even if we would say, yeah, I know I'm not perfect. I know I can't be perfect. It's the way we live. Um, and I said you could describe myself as a series of uh, failed attempts at perfection because uh, I tend to take a lot of breaks in between those attempts, right? Like you, like you try and it didn't go so well, so you need to... Need a little bit of a break there. Um, so I've got all kinds of things that I use to try to escape uh, from the feeling that I'm supposed to be I'm supposed to be achieving and I can't do it. So um, what else is on Netflix? Watch instantly tonight. I need to have nothing on my mind so I can just feel good enough about something else entertaining me, right? Um, just watching movies or, or video games. Maybe it's um, maybe it's hanging out with people. Uh, maybe it's pouring yourself into your classwork. Uh, maybe it's helping other people. Um, maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's smoking a little weed. Maybe it's, maybe it's trying to find attention uh, from other people and get their approval uh, for things. Um, but, uh, but we still look for, the, look for the escape so we don't feel the pressure of that perfection. We're not uh, supposed to achieve perfection for ourselves. Every day that's how we operate. We're not supposed to achieve uh, perfection uh, for ourselves. Uh, yes, the, the standard of the law, the standard of Christ sets up that, that, is, that is there, that is the requirement, is perfection, but we're not supposed to pretend that we can do it. Uh, we're not tr- we're supposed, to, uh, supposed to ignore it uh, either. It's, uh, it's not what we're, we're called to. It's, it's a shadow, right? It's how the passage begins to describe it as it's talking about the law. The law is a shadow of the good things to come. What do you do when you see a shadow? You start talking to the shadow, have a little conversation about the weather, how cold is it today for you, shadow, right? Like you see a shadow of someone else that you recognize, do you continue to look at the shadow? Do you try to give the shadow a hug or a high five? Do you try to see if the shadow wants to go play basketball with you? Right? Like, um, that would be an interesting game. It's really hard to kind of steal the ball. And, <laughs> um, it's, a, it's a shadow. The shadow points to the reality. Right, you see the shadow, and you're like, oh, where's that coming from? Oh, look, here's my friend whose shadow I've seen. Um, the shadow points to something else. It points to the reality. Um, the law is a shadow. It's pointing to something else. Uh, it's pointing us to Christ. We're not, we're not supposed to be able to get everything we're supposed to do from the, from the law. It's given as a shadow of the true uh, form of the reality. Uh, it says uh, the law being a shadow can never... Make perfect those who draw near, right? It doesn't have the ability to make perfect. It's not uh, supposed to. Now, I don't recognize you're not trusting in the blood of bulls and goats to, to make you perfect or acceptable to God. Um, but maybe you feel like coming to RUF as a sacrifice. 
uh, that you're making of your time and your energy, and it's something that you're that you're offering uh, offering up to God, or spending time uh, reading your Bible and praying, or serving others, or talking to other people about Jesus, or trying to be nice to to other people, even, or, or you know, relate to your neighbor and know them, or working hard in your classes, good things that you should be doing, but you're doing them uh, as a as an offering, as a sacrifice, and maybe this will make you acceptable to God. Maybe now God will think. I'm good enough. Um, we think those sacrifices uh, to God will, will cleanse us, will perfect us uh, for God. And then we're left, what, what's our life look like? It's just repetition of that constantly, like repeating the same things over and over again to make ourselves uh, feel better. Um, a series of failed attempts. If we feel like maybe this time it'll, it'll be enough. Just like the passage talks about the sacrifices being made continually, year after year, over and over again. Because they they're not able, it's a shadow, they're not able uh, to perfect. When we see uh, the shadow, we need to look for the reality. Uh, look for the reality, uh, which is Christ. Um, our, our, our failures, our wrongs, our, sin, our imperfections should be driving us to Jesus. Uh, it's, it's good that we see those things and not to then see them and go, Yikes, I've got to cover that up, or, or yikes, I've got to make sure that I can get that better. It says, yikes, I need a Savior. The one's been provided for me. Here's, here's the shadow, but the true form of the reality has come in Christ. It's the complete impotence of the law, uh, but the power of Christ's sacrifice for us, our inability, uh, but Christ's ability uh, to perfect us. It's the second point that we'll go on to see. Uh, Christ. Ability uh, to perfect us. Look at uh, look at verse fourteen. Stated for us as as, uh, as clearly uh, as we could need it. Hopefully, uh, for by a single offering, Christ has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. It can be very difficult for us to rest in that. Very difficult me to rest in that, especially when I feel like I'm not a good campus minister or husband or father or friend or whatever. It's, it's painful because I'm not resting in it. But it's very clearly told to us in the passage, as clearly uh, as we need to hear it, that Jesus' sacrifice has the power uh, to perfect us in God's sight, so that he looks upon us as, as perfect, as having met the standard, as being all that he wanted us to be and delighting in us the glory of the good news of the gospel. That he's not unreasonable to require perfection. Uh, That's his character and his glory as as being a holy God. Uh, But rather than rejecting us, God desires relationship with us. And he's willing uh, to sacrifice of himself to go through uh, pain to draw us into that relationship with us. He found a way uh, to bring us into his presence as acceptable, as worthy, as perfected. Uh, It meant giving up his own son. It meant for Jesus being the sacrifice. Uh, It meant for him uh, going through death and punishment for us. But the result is our perfection before God. As clearly as it can be told to us here in Scripture, He has perfected uh, for all time. It can't be taken away. 
those uh, who are being sanctified, who are resting in Christ. Uh, it, it's, it's clear from that last line, it's not that our lives all of a sudden become uh, morally perfect in everything that I do, right? Believe this passage, therefore I have the reason to look down on you, because my life is perfect now. It says so right here. Um, for those who are still, who are being sanctified, right? Uh, living this out, the, the gospel being, uh, continue to be worked out of, in us, but, but in God's sight, um, perfected from Christ's work, that we can rest in this. Uh, Christ's power has perfected us uh, for all time. See how verse 5 uh, begins, consequently, right? this, this therefore uh, there, it's consequently, uh, consequently, uh, Christ uh, came into the world as the reality uh, the shadows have been pointing to. Um, because the law would never be, able, be capable of perfecting us, uh, because of our own inability, because, because our sacrifices and our offerings uh, don't have the ability to make us good enough, consequently, Christ came. Um, because God... <coughs> the passage says that he's quoting from Psalm 40, uh, because God didn't desire those sacrifices and offerings, because he, he took no pleasure in those, Jesus has come. Uh, Jesus has come to do the will of God in fullness and perfection uh, for us, for God's glory. Um, Jesus came to do God's will, as he puts it, with the body uh, that's been prepared, prepared for him. We don't know how to do God's will, um, you know, half the struggle of my life is I don't know how to, what God's will, how to do God's will or of what it is, and the other half is that knowing things that God calls me to do, I still don't do them. I don't want to do it. Uh, we often don't obey because we don't want to follow uh, God's will. Um, but Jesus came uh, to complete it perfectly uh, for us. <clears throat> uh, in every action, pleasing to the Father, uh, obeying him as we're, as we're commanded. Uh, Jesus himself achieved perfection. You go back to Hebrews 5, uh, 9, uh, says that he learned perfection that sense through what was required of him. He achieved perfection then not just uh, for himself, but he achieved it uh, for us. The side, he, he obeyed God's will uh, perfectly. And the other side of him obeying uh, that will was his, his own death. As you imagine, I mean, this is how it describes Jesus's uh, understand that his purpose as he comes into the world is to, is to do God's will, is to be that sacrifice. The, the purpose of his life, it included allowing himself to be uh, unjustly accused, unjustly betrayed, um, rejected by his people, uh, put to death, uh, condemned by God in our place um, for the sins that he was bearing uh, for us. And while the blood of bulls and goats can never uh, take away sins, uh, Christ's sacrifice of himself is the perfect sacrifice that does take away the sins. The reality actually covers over our failures and our sins. And in, uh, in our place, uh, Jesus is there as the death that we deserve for all of our, even just our imperfections. Um, a single sacrifice, which was enough uh, for all time, all the sins I've committed in the past, uh, all the sins I'm going to commit in the future, for all time, uh, Christ's sacrifice is enough to cover it. By the grace of the gospel, the, the consequence of our inability um, isn't our punishment. 
It's not, it's not our rejection and condemnation, it's our salvation. The consequence of our, of our inability to do enough is Christ coming to do God's will for us. To do it in our place. Uh, to perfect us. The consequence of the shadow is the coming of the full reality, uh, true form of the reality in Christ. And now it's done. Uh, it's finished. No more to be done. It's, it's once for all time. The pastor says it several times uh, over. Once for, uh, once for all time. We're not left repeating our same attempts at earning God's acceptance. I don't have to continue to go through each day and, and hope that maybe this will be enough or that maybe I'll try to do this thing to, uh, to tomorrow and maybe God will uh, like me enough for me doing that. Um, nor are we stuck kind of, you know, uh, the proverbial writing on the board a hundred times. Um, I'm wrong and I'm, I am imperfect. Right? I sinned, I failed, and I'm imperfect over and over again. Right? That's, it's not what we're left to. It's not, it's not the repetition of those things because Christ, once for all uh, time, sacrifices covered all of it. Jesus has sat down, the passage says, not like the priests who are, who are standing to continually offer those same sacrifices again and again, but Jesus, having finished it, sat down at the right hand of God, waiting until all enemies are put under his feet. The, the work of the atonement uh, is, is done. The verdict on Jesus' sacrifice is enough. That it is uh, enough for us, enough for every imperfect, broken person who trusts in him. Not for every individual who cannot achieve perfection uh, for themselves. Not for every person who's tired of just trying to dull down their conscience with lowering, lowering the standard or was trying to escape from it uh, for a while, only to have the reminder of failure again. Jesus' sacrifice is enough uh, for us. Our standing before God is perfected, made holy, uh, pleasing to God, acceptable to Him, with all the benefits that that entails. And it's, it's fun when you spend a little time and look at what the passage says some of those benefits are from the, from the perfected, that you can... <clears throat> I, I wish y'all thought I was perfect. If y'all thought I was perfect, like, I'd feel pretty good about myself. Even if I knew that I wasn't perfect, then, you know, maybe I'd just be living a lot. Okay, anyway. <laughs> the God... <laughs> um, that if we felt like other people, that would be an encouragement to us to, to be able to believe that God looks at us as perfected because Christ has perfected us in His sight. Christ has filled all that we were supposed to do for us in our place. So we get to bask in that. Maybe that, maybe that feels like too much. Take some of the other things that the passage just says for us. Our sins taken away. I'm rid of, removed. Another passage of scripture from the Psalms. As far as from the, as the east is from the west, so far as you removed our transgressions from us. All the wrong things you've done, removed. There's things I would love to be removed from my memory. Uh, but I didn't continue to remember that they were there. To no longer be under the guilt of them. To no longer feel the shame of things that you've done or things that's happened. Every, uh, every ounce of imperfection and each act and each thought uh, behind that. Um, God's taken away with all the offense and punishment that it deserved. It's been removed. I feel uh, the cleansing of that. Uh, the washing. The freedom from guilt. Um, to experience the love of God. Sins are taken away. 
the Holy Spirit, as the pastor says, confirms as it uh, requotes Jeremiah 31 that's already been mentioned uh, back in Hebrews at 8. Holy Spirit confirms that, um, as it's already been quoted, that God remembers our sins no more. God's not waiting for you to mess up again. We can draw up the list and be like, oh, here's the 1,053rd time that you've done that particular thing. Um, so we can remind you of all the past time that you've uh, let him down. He's not He's not there with a list of uh, failures watching, uh, inspecting, uh, to see how far off you're going to be this time. Um, Remember sins no more. There's forgiveness. He's taking the burden on himself. He gives to us the fullness of his love. Uh, The fullness of his affection to us in Christ belongs to to us. Uh, Even this, as the passage closes with, there's no longer any offering for sin. Oh, that's good. Uh, there's no longer any offering for sin. Uh, all the things that I try to pile up every day to kind of hope that this pleases God enough to like me, no longer any need for it. Uh, the sin of trying to pile up all those things before God that, that I might be accepted through that, there's no longer any remembrance of that or, or the offering of trying to get rid of that. There's no more trying, uh, need for trying to be good enough no more need to come to RUF. No more need to come uh, to, to, to read your Bible and to pray and go to church for those reasons. Uh, to, to think that by doing that we would gain God's acceptance. Because you already have it. Uh, in Christ you already have it in fullness. You have the freedom uh, to live and pursue obedience uh, for, the, for the fun of pleasing God. For the fun of a relationship with Him where He's constantly loving you and you get to figure out how to, how to fail and trying to do things that He loves and delights in. There's no longer any offering for sin. It's all been done for us uh, in Christ. The, the floodgates of His love has opened up for us uh, to enjoy and revel in it constantly and forever acceptable to God to come into His presence anytime, at all times, to come boldly to shake off the guilt and the fears, uh, to come into His presence, to worship Him, to be known by Him, and to in being known be loved and delighted in. The impotence of the law, but the power of Christ, Christ sacrificed for us through His priesthood. And right now it's a struggle. It's a struggle to believe that. It's a struggle for me to rest in that. It hurts when I don't feel like, when I realize how far off and perfect I am. It hurts when I realize the things that aren't acceptable to God that I've done. It's hard to believe that God can still uh, accept me. We, we know very clearly that our lives aren't, aren't perfect. And salvation now is by, by faith. It's not yet by sight. Um, there's a day when in Christ we'll... We'll be living perfectly in the new Jerusalem. We long for that. But right now I'm constantly seeing how I, I screw up, how I fail miserably, how far short uh, I fall. It's difficult to believe the promise of acceptance when we constantly see the reasons for our rejection. It's a lot easier to pretend. It's a lot easier to pretend that this is a good day. I think God's... I think I did enough that God's probably pretty happy with me, at least better than last week or last month or last year. These are pretend that we're getting everything together. It's easier to escape. It's easier to occupy ourselves uh, with other things, distract us 
um, from our from the ways we fall short. Or maybe we would rather maybe we would rather reject God before as we think He's going to reject us. Um, if He's requiring that, then let's let's push that away and, and find our own uh, path. It's difficult to believe that God could see us as perfect, that He would want to and give up His Son to bring us into His love. The benefits can truly. Uh, the hours in Christ. Uh, those of you who may be struggling uh, from outside of Christianity, Christ's offer is to you. Uh, he has offered uh, himself and he's sat down and there's nothing more that needs to be done. There's no sense of getting your life together first before you come to God that you need uh, to do. Christ has done it for you. You come looking to his sacrifice, accepting that he, uh, by his, that, that his sacrifice is powerful to perfect you uh, before God and make you acceptable. There's confident hope in the struggle. Uh, not that you can attain perfection, but that God has given it to you freely. Believers struggling from uh, within the faith. Don't look at the shadow. Don't have a kind. Don't try to play basketball with the shadow. Uh, don't worry about all those things that you think are going to be some offering that you're going to get to. Look, look from the shadow to the reality. As you see your own imperfection, as you see the ways the things you're trying to offer from that, I'll let it drive you to Christ. How He's been given to you. But there's no more need for your offerings and sacrifices. Oh, Christ has done it. Christ has done uh, more than enough for you. He's perfected you. Rest in Him uh, with confidence. Enjoy the freedom of coming to God and basking in His love, uh, basking in the perfection that He's given to you. Uh, The gospel uh, gives us confidence. It gives us confidence in the struggle. It gives us confidence uh, even for perfection uh, through Christ and God's sight. Let's pray. Uh, Lord God, we pray uh, for faith. Uh, faith to rely on Jesus and not ourselves. Uh, faith to believe uh, your promises, to rest in them with how we live. Uh, Lord, these uh, truths, uh, these promises and benefits of the gospel and your word are good. Uh, we long for them. We long for that freedom. <laughs> we long to feel like we could bask in your love. Uh, when we so often bear our fears of rejection. Uh, Lord, and we, we confess that we, we, we really want to do good enough ourselves. Um, we, we, I don't want to need Jesus. Or I confess that I try to, to not have to need Jesus or not have to need him anymore. Uh, Lord, we confess that we offered up a lot of other things and we've cared for the, for the shadow more. Oh, but Lord, we need the reality and you've provided it. Uh, so Lord, give us faith. Uh, give us encouragement. Uh, give us confidence. Uh, give us hope uh, of perfection uh, that is now not one that would make us boast, uh, but that humbles us with thanksgiving at your grace. Uh, we thank you for Christ's sacrifice and the power of it even for us. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.